That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, the Jazz winners of 10 in a row, 118-107. to They beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Let's check out your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Ben, tonight the Jazz were 50% from the field. Uh, 46 of 92. They were 13 of 36 from three. Good enough for 36%. They were led by Joe Ingles, who had a career-high tying 27 points, go along with four assists and three rebounds. Rudy Gobert, 22 points and 18 boards tonight. Two block shots, including one great one on Kyrie Irving. Um, Donovan Mitchell, 25 points tonight on 8 of 19, shooting a game where he really struggled in the first half. Certainly picked it up in the fourth quarter. Boyan Bogdanovich with, uh, with 18 points. Jordan Clarkson with 13 coming off the bench and just a magnificent performance offensively uh, from the Jazz. And outside of the really the first and the fourth quarter, the defense won, or excuse me, the uh, yeah, the first and the fourth, the defense wasn't bad either. No, it was uh, it, it was impressive. This was a very impressive outing again and we talked about how that Wizards win was one of the best for the Jazz this season because they were doing it without Donovan Mitchell. It kind of felt like they were doing it out without Donovan Mitchell for most of this game, and really for the first three and a half quarters, he was really having a bad shooting night, couldn't seem to find his energy totally, certainly seemed like his rhythm was off as far as shooting the ball, when to release the ball on layups, it was kind of funky, and then he got one three to go down to open the second half, and then the fourth quarter, he just absolutely took over and finished with 25 points. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had a bad night, I thought, and had 25 points. It's just, it's crazy how good this offense has become, and just how dangerous it is, and you know, Donovan has talked so much over the last few seasons, and he's been a consummate teammate. He mm-hmm. doesn't throw anyone under the bus. But just th- this concept that, like, he just needs more space. And he hasn't been saying it. Everyone's been saying it about him because it's pretty obvious to see. That's what you're getting tonight. Was Donovan had a bad shooting night, but because he had space, he could keep attacking. And he did that, and he finished with a great night. 25 points on, what, 22 shots isn't fantastic? Or 19 shots? 19 shots, 8 of 19. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah you'll take 25 night. points on 19 shots, especially when nobody was going to the free throw line until very late in the game. So you'll take that from, from Donovan Mitchell, and then especially when Joe Ingles is getting career highs with 27 points or tying career highs. Jazz are going to win most of those games. You know, I realize uh, before I state this opinion that Donovan only had four a couple of games ago when he wasn't feeling well. But that aside, you know, what's amazing about him is is great players do it consistently, right? I mean, we've seen really good players come through here that are, were capable of great things. And, and for some reason, Rodney Hood is the first player that jumps into my mind when when thinking about this. But some nights, he was just amazing. Yep. And, and you know, he'd score 30 points or 28 points and, and just be red hot from three. And then he'd be gone. He just disappeared. Oh, Jay, weeks. Jay Crowder yeah. was a number, another one of those, maybe a more recent memory, which would, would just be gone. Donovan had, and, and you're totally right, his his first half was not terrific. It was a little lackluster. Uh, but to just basically have a bad game and have 25 points, I mean, I guess the point is he is so consistent now. Yeah. You can count on it every night. You know what you're going to get, and you know when you're going to get it. Yeah. 
And and I think that's so important. That that truly is a next step for him that maybe stats don't really pick up. Bad nights, he's given you 16 to 17 points. on His worst night in this stretch, pulling out the four-point game where he was obviously just seemingly deathly ill, his worst night, he had 16 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Okay, his 16-point games used to be 4 of 18 shooting. Like, that was the problem right. with Donovan Mitchell. And that was the kind of the six-man energy that everyone talked about him having, the, the low-efficiency, high-usage guard. And then those players are, are fickle in the NBA and, and hard to rely on. He had another game where he had 17 points, but he was 6 of 14 shooting. Like, two of five from three. That, that's, that's great. absolutely acceptable for your worst scoring game. That's just fine, and, and he's doing it because the Jazz are winning and they're finding points elsewhere. So he's, he's really turned into a star. In fact, Ben, I, I wish all these games so you, you run together, but there was a game a few games ago where Donovan was, was something like 5 for 18 or just not one of his better nights. And in his post-game comments, he said, I feel like last year I would have been yep. 5 of 24 or yep. 5 of 25. And, and that kind of sums up, you know, I think what you're talking about. He's certainly a much more efficient player. And again, not to go back to this over and over again, but it's why what Shaq said bugged me so much a couple yeah. of weeks ago where he said, geez, why doesn't he play like this all the time? And it's just like, he does. Yeah, right. He does. He's not Russell Westbrook where he's right. a volume shooter. And I know that some pundits like to call him that. That's not who he is. Right. He's much more of a team player than that. And he does – it is important for him to get his guys going. And he does know when he has to do it himself. But to say, like, geez, why doesn't he do this all the time? It's like he takes 20 shots a game. What are you asking right. for? You know, do you really want Donovan Mitchell to take 25? That's what James Harden takes. He takes 25 right. a game. Is that what people are really looking for? And I think that takes away from a lot of what makes him so good. That was the game against the Hornets. He was 7 of 18. There you go. And still had 19 points. So he, yeah. he had more points than shots, which is a very rough indicator of you know bad efficiency or good efficiency. In his last 11 games, it's funny, we talk about this, his, his, his field goal attempts, he's taken 20 twice in that stretch. 23 against the Clippers, a Jazz win, and he was 13 of 23. Like If you're going to shoot 58% from the floor, shoot it every single time you, you walk down the court. And then he took 21 against the Orlando Magic, and he was 14 of 21. It was 66%. Amazing. All right, back to Brooklyn we go. Coach Schneider's talking to the media. You know, I, I think we're getting contributions from from a lot of guys. Um, you know, I, I thought Rudy Rudy was terrific. He just, um, it was a dominant performance by him on both ends of the floor. You know, Joe obviously, um, you know, playing with Rudy and, you know, even him driving and making plays. I thought Emmanuel and Jordan, when they came in the game, gave us some some big buckets. So you know, you kind of go on um, Donovan, especially late um, when we really needed to score. They were scoring, and you know, we had to answer. And Donovan made a few really big moves to the rim and finished. So you know, all the way down the line, um, and everybody's defending. You know not going to be perfect every possession, but guys are really committed to defending together. When it became an eight-point game, what did you see in those moments collectively from your group to respond? Well, I thought Brooklyn was playing well, um, and they were, you know, they, they were scoring, whether it's Dinwiddie or Kyrie. Um, they came up with a couple of loose balls, and, you know, I, I, I thought we answered offensively when we needed to, and, you know, you're not going to, sometimes you're, you're just against a good team. You're not going to get every stop, and, you know, you have to respond, and then I think we continued to defend um, and got some big ones when we needed no, you're not one for winning streaks, but what are you most proud of at the play in these last 10 wins? Thank you. You're welcome. You snuck the, in these last 10 wins. You snuck in. Yeah. The, uh, I, I, our, whole, you know, our whole goal has been 
you know, to try to get better. And I think we've been able to win in different ways. Um, and different guys have stepped up and had, not I wouldn't say even big games, but stretches in the game where, um, you know, the team needs something. I mentioned Jordan and Emmanuel. I think both those guys have, have done that. Um, during stretches sometimes one basket is, is more than two or three points you know they're momentum plays so our guys are they're, they're committed to defending together um, it's an unselfish team that's probably what I'm most proud of the way Joe's shooting the ball is it mm-hmm. just a hot hand are you seeing him do things to create those I, I think the you know the catch and shoot threes particularly in transition um, you know there's been times where uh we on the bench feel like he's open and you know we can't go out there and play for him he's got guys flying at him but at his height i think he's um he's been more focused you know on on getting getting a shot and and getting volume and you know when you do that um and you're a good shooter it kind of takes your conscious mind out of it anyways he doesn't need to think um and then he's being instinctive he's shooting the ball off the dribble um, and he's shooting it in transition. And he's just very confident. And I think part of that just comes from, you know, everybody on this team right now is getting confidence from one another. And Joe knows that um, guys want him to shoot and attack. And he's also, he's mixed it up. You know, he's gone to the rim and he's looking for other people. He's had big assist games as well. So I don't think he's just fixated on um, scoring. But when he has opportunities, obviously he's, he's done it. And he's been aggressive. Coach, kind of trying to figure out ways to, to get their three playmakers and Kyrie and Spencer and Karras when they're on the floor together to kind of figure out ways to make that work. Now you have something similar with Donovan and, and Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that process like for you trying to figure out ways to make them work together? Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, obviously I, I can't speak for those guys are all, you know, terrific players and different, but all very, very talented and efficient and effective, I, I think. Um, for us, it, it, it takes, it, it's different every possession, you know, it's different every game. And um, I, I think it involves guys just really trusting each other and knowing that the ball is going to come back to you. And, um, you know, in our case, it's, it's taken some time. Um, it's not going to be, like I said, perfect every night. Um, sometimes it's more difficult to, you know, to move the ball so it can find people. So um, I think our, you know, in our case, I, I think guys have to trust each other and be unselfish and make the right play. And you know, playmaking is just that. You know, it can be creating for yourself and creating for teammates. I think our guys enjoy, you know, creating for their teammates as much as they do scoring. All right, excuse me, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking after the Jazz 10th consecutive win. They beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, 118-107. to uh, Some coach Snyder said right there, uh, Ben struck, an, uh, struck my ear because of some coach Chiesa talks a lot about on these shows where, uh, you know, you give the ball up and you've got to have faith the ball is going to come back to you. And that's a, that's a big deal with coach Quinn Snyder, that if you do the right things, the ball is going to come to you. It's part of his basic philosophy. It's how he talks players into giving it uh, their all on, you know, on defense and doing those extra things is, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be rewarded for that for for fitting into the system, and it's a, it's a big deal. And the Jazz didn't have a crazy assist night. I know we'll get into some of the numbers a little bit more, but only 19 on the night, which is fine. It's not 25. It's not one of their biggest of the season, but it's not a bad number by any stretch. But I mean, 
you're right. It's just, it's contagious. And, and just the fact that you're looking for somebody else and, and looking to make that right play or looking because you realize your offense is clicking at such a high level that they can't guard every one of you. Yeah. And there's going to be somebody out there who, even if you have a good shot, there's probably going to be a better shot because Joe clicks so well and Boyan's so good and Rudy Gobert has found timing with everybody on his, his lob passes recently where he's caught a couple from Bogey and he caught one from Jordan Clarkson, which ended up sending him to the free throw line tonight. There's just going to be a better look out there. And with the exception of maybe three or four minutes every night off the bench, and it's when Jordan Clarkson comes in, and this is not blaming Jordan Clarkson. I think he has to do it. The Jazz are going to be multifaceted in in how they approach their offense. And then when Jordan Clarkson comes in for four minutes at the end of the first quarter, maybe early in the second, and they're playing Rajon Tucker, who's not an offensive player right now, and Moutier's not a great offensive scorer, but he's a pretty good player. Tony Bradley's not an offensive player hardly at all. Clarkson says, well, I got to get to work and I, I got to do this and I got to put it on my shoulders. And he takes over for five minutes and he still scored 13 points on 13 shots tonight. And that's fine. You, you'll take that. That's who he is. Uh, otherwise, there's always a better shot on the floor. And it's, it's, it's why the Jazz are good and, and just deadly offensively for 42 minutes a night, 43 minutes a night. And, and you see it because when it bursts, it, it's just... It, it's an avalanche. It's a snowball effect. It just the Jazz run away from teams. All right, the fish, uh, the fist assist feature tonight brought to you by Larry H. Miller, uh, Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships donating fifty dollars for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you, Ben, bringing us the assist feature tonight. Uh, mentioning the nineteen assists, and they certainly spread them out. Ben uh, Royce with four, Joe with four, Rudy with four, Donovan Mitchell with four, and then Moody had two coming off the bench and uh, and Jordan Clarkson with one coming off the bench but uh, with with Moutier I mean the, we were watching in the first half Ben he had a nice dish to to Rudy down low where Rudy got an easy easy dunk and and we kind of looked at each other and, and both said that Moutier shoots that last year and, and doesn't have his head up or his, his eyes out as the is kind of the cliche with his jazz team to find uh, Rudy on that particular play so uh, he's certainly evolving his game and it seems uh, we heard it there that uh, Quinn Snyder continues to to really give him credit after uh, each game and even tonight when he wasn't uh, a featured player like he was in the starting lineup last night alright when the jazz win you win uh, day after every jazz win home or away Little Caesars is giving you free pizza order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app and you'll receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code Utah Jazz, all one word, valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars location, mobile orders only. And you know what that means as well? It means that the Anderson children probably getting pizza tomorrow. That's that's called being a good father. Yeah. That's called being a smart and efficient father. And it's why the Jazz are so popular in your house, Ben. Boy, your kids just really root for them to win those games. Pizza. <laughs> We're getting it. We're getting some tonight. Love it. Love it. We'll take it. I do love that promotion. It's a great promotion. Promo code Utah Jazz. All right. We'll have more for you uh, coming up straight ahead. More sound from the locker room. Go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz over the Nets, 118 to 107, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz moved to 28-12 and 12 on the season. 
Thanks to win over the Brooklyn Nets, 118-107 in Brooklyn. The Jazz now 13-9 and on the road, which is certainly a good sign for this team. Uh, the Jazz were led tonight by Joe Ingles, who had 27 points. Donovan Mitchell with 25 points. We'll hear from Donovan uh, coming up here shortly. But let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Tonight, uh, points in the paint. Ben, the Jazz outscore the Nets, but not by much. 60-58 to 58 in the paint tonight. And we were going to keep an eye on Rudy matching up against the Nets bigs. And obviously, Rudy did uh, more than hold his own. Yeah, Rudy was magnificent tonight. And, and you know, these are the games where you just you need him to go out and be a superstar. And he is. And it, it was a major reason why you won the game. Again, that stretch at the end of the first half where the Jazz go on a 14-2 run over five minutes, it's impressive because if you watched it, you just thought, this is an offensive explosion. I mean, the Jazz are just a flamethrower right now. And then you have to step back and realize the Jazz allowed two points in five minutes. I mean, you do that over a 48-minute game, you know, you're going to give up 20 points total in the game. I mean, you just can't be that bad offensively if you're the opposing team. And it's not like the Nets were just taking bad shots. I mean, the Jazz just force you into horrible looks and then get steals and then go down and and get open threes as a result. And we remember watching this Jazz bench, Jake, early in the year that they would turn the ball over and then it would turn over to the other side where they would give up an easy layup or a wide open three because you can't turn the ball over, especially bad turnovers above the break that that give the opposing team easy baskets. And now the Jazz are forcing those. And, And the defense is brilliant as a result. And the offense is rapidly climbing to become a top 10 offense in the league. Jazz only had nine total turnovers tonight. That's really good. I mean, considering where we've seen them uh, at at times this season, even in some of the wins, they've been over 20. First 30 games of the season, Jazz were about 15 turnovers a game. And then over the last, I guess, 10 now, really, because that's that's the win streak, uh, it's down to about 11 a game, probably down closer to 10 now because of tonight's nine. So that's that's five possessions. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot. And outside of a really egregious one from Joe Ingles, which was just a, a terrible pass where he tried to thread the needle, there were no real catastrophic turnovers yeah. that you can really think of tonight either, where it was those live ball turnovers that turn into yeah. an automatic two uh, on the other side for the uh, for the other team. All right, let's send things back to Brooklyn. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. These last 10 games, what are you seeing out there? Um, we're in a groove. You know, I think a lot of us, a lot of the offense comes instinctively, defensively. You know, I think it's it's the same. You know, we a lot of times in the beginning of the year, we had to communicate a lot. Now it's kind of just like, you know, if we make a mistake, one person has each other's back and, you know, we're just flowing. You know, I don't think a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's not called. A lot of it's just just natural instinct of taking over. Became an eight point game there. And then coach was saying you answered. Mm-hmm. What was going on for you at that moment? Me specifically? Oh, um, <laughs> I had to give my team something. You know, I was struggling all game, you know, obviously a little under weather, but, you know, I think my teammates just trusted me in those moments, you know, just taking the ball to the rim, being aggressive. I don't think I got into the paint for a layup until the second half, you know, so I think that changes a lot. So just being able to get to, to the rim and attack, and then when you see the few go in, that's when things uh, get going. Thank you. I saw you exchange jerseys with Kyrie just as a young guard in the league. Is there stuff you're going to take from his game? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot you could take. You know, for uh, for one, uh, one thing, his mindset. You know, you look at how he took over the game in, in the fourth. You know, uh, I try and impl- implement that in my game as well. You know, no matter how the night's going, you know, try and, you know, be able to, and I say take over, not just score, but, like, find the right guys, make the right plays. Um, he's a guy that, you know, is, is one of the best guards in the league. You know, I grew up watching him, obviously, so it's, it's pretty cool to uh, be able to exchange jerseys with him. And, you know, for him, he's, he's home. 
home, and you know it's 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 nice for him. But just for me, just being able to watch on the court and watch from afar, he's a guy that you know understands the moment, understands the game, and being able to take that from him is huge. Is it extra special to come back here just because you're back home? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, not gonna lie, for some reason I was kind of like you know, nervous to start the game, just being back home, get the nerves and whatever. But you know, I'm, I always love being back home. You know, for my friends and family, and you know. Um, I think we, we've won pretty much most of the times when we're back home, so it's, it's, it's been good. I think you were being aggressive early. just kind of made it a little bit harder on yourself. For, you know, yeah, was for, it I don't know why. figured out yeah, like, in the third or fourth? I don't know why I spun three times. You know, I don't know why I tried to sham God in the second half. Like, there are certain things that's just like, why? You know, but, you know, it's not – progress isn't linear. You're not going to figure it all out, you know. In your third year, you're going to fall back into your old habits at times. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for me that stood out was that I was able to, you know, keep it simple when it counted, you know, and I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know, I don't know if I, you know, play the way I played down the stretch last year, you know, I, I don't know how, uh, I think that's the part of growing that I think I'm trying to, to implement in my game. Speaking of progress, how about Joe Ingles and his ability to shoot? Joe, man, he's, he, he loves, he, he, he loves, I don't know why teams keep giving him that three, you know, but he, he finds a way, you look at one possession, I think he, you know, went under a screen, over the screen, and back under a screen just to get to a spot, you know, he knows how to get to a spot, I respect him for that because, you know, no matter how how teams play me always finds a way to get right there and I try and implement that in my game just watching it and he also knows how to find guys knows how to di- dictate the defense you know not let the defense dictate him been rumored impossible that Zion's going to be playing against you guys on Thursday for his debut. Wow. Yeah, Good for him. Could Good be a big him. deal, and are you trying to see it as much as um, it? Honestly, you know, I think just looking at it in just regular game, you know, we understand last time we played there, it ended, you know, in a kind of crazy way, so they're going to come out ready to play, and the fact that he's playing, it'll be packed, and it'll be huge, and be a lot of coverage, but we're going to go out there and do our thing, you know, we're not going to make it too big of a deal, let's go out there and just focus on the task at hand, you know, and I'm like, I'm happy for him that he's finally getting ready to play, and, you know, he's healthy. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, see what happens. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell. Very insightful comments, as usual, from Donovan. 25 points, 4 assists, 1 steal. Did it on 8 of 19, shooting 3 of 7 from 3. And you can tell he likes playing in front of his friends and family at home. Yeah, and it was funny. We said he doesn't need to come out and press, and you hope he doesn't do that. And he said he did that. And he came out and tried to be a little fancy in the spin moves and said he threw the sham god move out there, which is just a little you know, dribble motion, and uh, said he tried too hard. And then he calmed down. And really, I mean, you, you look at his plays late. He wasn't doing anything fancy. He wasn't hitting crazy fall-away spinning jump shots like we've seen him do it. Just getting layups, you know, kind of going off a screen or denying a screen or rejecting it and, and getting downhill and going to the free throw line or getting an easy basket. And that's that's what superstars do. I mean, it can't be fancy every single time you touch the ball. I thought it was interesting, and I think he was answering a question from Andrew Larson of the trip, but he, he talked about how he's only in his third year and it's easy to fall back into bad habits. And then you have to kind of remind yourself, and, and he put it in the words of, uh, you know, why did I do that? You know, what was I doing? Where you look at it in res- retrospect and go, really? That's And, and I, I think that's such a human comment. I guess that's why it stood out to me, because can't we all relate to something like that where we're trying to get better and all of a sudden we revert into into what we did like uh, uh, I mean maybe people don't identify with radio but uh, this uh, this past calendar year I wanted to get better at my teases Ben uh-huh. that was something that I wanted to work on sure. for my job to get better to get uh, more engaged or whatever and of course there, there are segments where you find yourself being like I don't know what we're going to do next yeah. we'll, we'll see on the yeah. other side you know what I mean I yeah. mean it, it's it's easy to revert it's so easy to identify with somebody who says that because we've all been there I think like oh yeah I've reverted back to bad habits before it's just amazing that it happens to a superstar NBA player and, and not that tonight's the night to, to- hammer 
Kyrie because I thought Kyrie was pretty brilliant tonight and had 30 points and was really efficient and kept the nets in the game. This is not the night to hammer him, but there are some guys who you can tell don't ever leave some of their bad habits, and and Kyrie's might be more assimilating to the offense than the other way around. And again, he was so good tonight that the offense should their offense needed to assimilate to him. But uh, we talked about it early earlier in the post game is that. Donovan is just he just fixes his game and he wants to get better and he cares about getting better and there are guys in the NBA who are the same player today that they were day one as far as all of their habits and yeah you learn some tricks and get a little bit better at your job but they just do the same thing they've always done and and the Jazz have just made a killing on players who don't do that anymore Rudy Gobert is not the same player Mm -hmm. Donovan's not the same player Joe Ingles is not the same player when he got here from the Clippers and then the guys that we actually see on this roster that started this season I mean Emmanuel Moutier you talked about that pass that he threw to Rudy Gobert it's just he would have forced up a, a bad 10 footer in the past when he was with the Knicks. That Maybe that's because he was with the Knicks. Fed to him. But yeah. that would have been a shot. Yeah. And he said, you know what? There's a better look here because I've got right. better players and I'm going to change how I play. And, and they they are. You have to do it. You can't just say you're going to do it. Uh, and, and when you buy into it on the floor, it makes an enormous difference. You mentioned Irving, and, and tonight is certainly not the night to to criticize him uh, overly because, I mean, 12 of 19, 11 assists, 32 points. I mean, that's that's an incredible night. But you, you wonder with a player like him how much better he makes his teammates. And the second most important player probably on on this Nets team is Spencer Dinwiddie, and he was not good tonight, Ben. He was he was not terrific. Seven of seventeen. He had seventeen points, five assists, four boards. He was one of five from the line, which is just dreadful. I'd have to look at his season averages. I don't know how good he is from free throws, but obviously it wasn't rolling for him tonight. Two of five from three, and so again, I'm not going to sit here and say Kyrie Irving takes away from what Dinwiddie does, but you know this is still a team game, and and as long as we're talking about Donovan a little bit, I mean, I, I think it's one of his best attributes. He's, he's good at making his teammates better. He just is. 80% free throw shooter from Spencer Dinwiddie. So to go that bad was weird. And then he, he actually got two of the points back because on an offensive re- or on a defensive rebound, Tony Bradley just absolutely pushed the ball back into the rim. And because he touched it, it was worth two points right. as opposed to just one. Whoops. Uh, and I don't think, I'm sure he didn't get those points. I'm sure it was whoever was closest to uh, Tony Bradley at the time. But uh, we, this is what we talked about, Jake, at halftime, right? Didn't we say Kyrie's going to come out? And he's going to try and win this game for the Nets. And that's exactly what he did. And we said, as long as the Jazz don't let anybody else come out and torture, you'll be just fine. And that's what happened. I mean, no, nobody else really got going tonight. Did, it, did anyone else ever have a 6-0 run? I mean, did, did it ever feel like, did anyone have back-to-back ba- baskets that wasn't Kyrie in this game? No. Like, it never felt like there was that breaking point or the dangerous point for the Jazz. Right. I mean, Harris, he was okay tonight. He was 5 of 10. He had 13 points, but he was 1 of 5 from 3. So, yeah, I, I, Kyrie was great. Everybody else, you know, not so much. And, and you'll take that. Again, this big team win that was never really in doubt for the Jazz. Yeah. So, you know, you let Ky- Kyrie go get his 32. Who cares? We talk about a lot. You can't stop everything on the basketball floor. You just can't. The offenses are too good. These players are too good. But if you can take away their top three things or three of their top four things and let Kyrie just try, okay. You know, Rockets have basically their entire offense taken away from them in the postseason. And James Harden goes off still against every team and they lose in the second round. Because if you can take away enough of the other things, you're gonna you're you're, you're gonna beat that team, and that's what the Jazz are doing every night. I I'm so glad you brought up the Rockets. That's exactly what I was thinking, Ben. You make it hard for James Harden to get to 30, and he probably still will. But take yeah. away everybody else, and that's the recipe for beating the Rockets. It really is. Yeah. As long as T.J. Warren doesn't give you 14 points, or you're gonna be fine. Right. Or, or Clint Capella doesn't yeah. have a big night roll into the rim or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why Chris Paul actually P.J. Tucker, not P- T.J. Warren. Uh, oh, TJ I was going to say the guy the Pacers. Yeah, the guy that uh, Jimmy Butler tried all to fight. Of the TJs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. PJ Warren or PJ Tucker, excuse me, plays for the Rockets. 
Uh, it, it, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why that first year Chris Paul was such a good fit because he was taking all that mid-range stuff that yeah. was left wide open because that's how you guard the Rockets, and, and he took advantage of it. And I guess we'll see if Russell Westbrook can do the same. I kind of doubt it. But uh, I think you're totally right about that. And we saw it tonight with Brooklyn. I mean, if Dinwiddie has 25 instead of 17, it's probably a different story in this one. Not that the Jazz would necessarily lose, but it, it certainly would have been a lot less comfortable. All right, we'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up right around the corner. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 118 to 107 is your final. More straight ahead right here on Jazz Game Night on The Zone Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz now in second place in the Western Conference by a half a game thanks to a win over the Brooklyn Nets, 118-107. to It's the Jazz' 10th consecutive victory and their 14th win in 15 games. And it feels, Ben, like that Miami game was Years ago. That feels so long ago. The Jazz have uh, have been playing so well. Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. I'm proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5.00. For each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. And tonight's Master of the Glass, of course, as usual, the one and only Rudy Gobert, who had 18 rebounds tonight. Four of them uh, were offensive to go along with his 22 points, two block shots, uh, a steal, and four assists. You know, I was was, uh, taking a look, Ben, at Nikola Jokic's uh, stats today, and he's averaging 19, almost 20 points a game, nine boards, and six assists. And and listen, Denver's really good, and he's their best player, so I, I get it why he he gets a lot of credit. But I also don't understand why he's viewed always in front of Rudy Gobert. Yeah, there's an assumption that he's going to make it because of where the Nuggets are and, and he's their best player. But right. Rudy's the Jazz best player, and the Jazz have a better record than Denver. You know, And I get that Donovan is better than anyone the Nuggets have, as if you're going to argue— right. Second player, or you know, and and it's one A one B. Sure, I mean Donovan's brilliant, and then Rudy's brilliant. But Jamal Murray trail. isn't as, as he's not good Donovan, as, right? Yeah, they they don't have that guy, which is true. So maybe that's where the nod comes from. But yeah, Rudy every night is as good as Nikola Jokic. I couldn't agree more because I mean, just look at the stats. And, and granted, Rudy's assists are not where Jokic's uh, are, and never will be. Rudy averages one point six assists a game. He did have a really nice pass tonight, but that aside, Rudy's averaging fourteen point eight points and fourteen point four rebounds. So he's he's averaging five more rebounds a game than Nikola Jokic. He's only averaging about four fewer points than Nikola Jokic, and he is so much of a better defensive player. It is. I mean, it's not in the same conversation. Not even, not even close to the same conversation. And yet, you know, every All Star list you look at, or or every league ranking, or blah blah blah, you know, Jokic is automatically considered better than Rudy, and that that is frustrating me. If you want to make an argue, argument that Jokic is better, sure, I'll listen to it. He's amazing. Denver's really good, of course. Well, you can't just go into the conversation going, "Well, yeah, Rudy's obviously behind him." That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, absolutely, and, and and the gap between Rudy and Jokic defensively is so much larger than the gap between Rudy and Jokic offensively. Now, that's not skill-wise, because Jokic is the best passer in the NBA, and he's seven feet tall. Yep. I mean, he's, he's absurd, and, and 
his understanding of offense in the NBA and his clutch numbers are crazy. He hits every big shot late in, late in games. Has a great jump shot, not from the three point line, but but inside the three. But yeah, I mean the the impact you can only impact a game so much, mm-hmm. you know. And Rudy impacts it offensively at an enormous level. So uh, I, I'm with you, Jake. I, I just I don't know if there's a center in the NBA this year that I'm taking over Rudy Gobert. I mean Anthony Davis maybe because he does it on both ends and, and is so prolific offensively and is a high level defensive player. He's not Rudy, and he but, might win Defensive Player of the Year, but but he is a very high level defensive yeah. player. But that that's it. There's not many guys like that. Yeah, and and Anthony Davis for the most part isn't playing center. I actually kind of like that about the Lakers yeah, that they're right. bringing size back to be a for sure. to be a factor. But I mean that's mostly been uh, what Javale McGee and Dwight Howard have been kind right. of and locking down the they, paint. They're getting 48 minutes a night, so you're right. He's basically never playing center. Right. So I mean, if you want to look at strictly centers, I mean, I, I think we're talking yeah front court players yeah. fours and fives. Right. Where I think we're talking. Well, anyway, we'll we'll see what happens with the All Star. But I I hope Rudy gets into more of those conversations where it's just not automatic because that's I mean Jokic is great but but sometimes those combos are, are frustrating it would be really hard with how many games I think he's only played 22 games which is the same number that Mike Conley's played Carl Anthony Towns uh, it would be really hard to put him in the playoffs or in the all-star you game would think so right because he's missed so many I mean you couldn't put Mike Conley in no with his, the number of games he's missed and that's that's exactly where we are right now with Carl Anthony Towns so Rudy probably gets in over him and, and that's going to be the case it's going to come down to three guys Towns Rudy and uh, Brandon Ingram in New Orleans and I bet you probably as of today New Orleans uh, Brandon Ingram and, and the Jazz uh, Rudy Gobert gets in you know I had a funny thought the other day and obviously I don't mean this but I, I did have a funny thought doesn't doesn't a little part of you hope that Rudy absolutely makes the all-star team but it's the last pick absolutely yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. He still comes out of that with a prop with him an up, edge. <laughs> prop him up, give him his due, and then let him leave angry. Let somebody disrespect him. Yeah. So no one pass him the mad. ball. Yeah. Right. Let him have two points. He gets a put back dunk. <laughs> Hates the experience. All the perimeter defense guys are doing nothing. You know, you could just see Rudy getting frustrated with it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Come back uh, grumpy as ever and motivated to prove the world wrong. Because of course that's that's one of Rudy's. Uh, best features. Speaking of Rudy Gobert, let's throw things now back. Oh, excuse me. All right. We're not going to go back to uh, Rudy. We already yeah. had Rudy on the walk-off. I, uh, I apologize. We don't need to hear from him twice. No. We're it, trying to set that edge. And he got, wants to be heard twice. He, we don't, we're not going to have it. You know, if anybody does want to be heard twice, it, it probably is Rudy Gobert. I apologize. I forgot. We we did have him with the walk-off. He talked to Locke about uh, Locke's tweets. And I, and I said this with Locke. Rudy pays attention to all that stuff. It's so funny. I mean, he, he, but in a different way than Kevin Durant, because we talked about that before the game, where Kevin Durant's just so standoffish and sensitive. And I do think that that Rudy pays attention to it, and I think he's sensitive to it, but he uses it to motivate himself internally instead of being. Can I tell you my Rudy Gobert Twitter story? Yes, please. have I told you this? I don't think so. Okay, I'll tell, and I probably shouldn't. It's a little candid, and and but he, it shows how much he's grown as a player. So it was Rudy's rookie year. And I can't remember who this other power forward was. It was with the Jazz, Mike Davis or something. I can't remember exactly, but I think that was right. his name. So after the game, and this was because Rudy was coming right over from playing European basketball. And the Jazz had played the Sacramento Kings, but it was a home and home. So they played here first and were going to Sacramento. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was in the locker room and I did something that I shouldn't have done, which is I tweeted out a conversation that I overheard. And that's absolutely a no-no. And that was totally my fault. I shouldn't have done that. But it was like my first year, I think, as well. Uh, and I learned my lesson. So I tweeted out, Rudy Gobert and Mike Davis are talking about going to Sacramento. And because in Europe they play, what, 35 games, 40 games, whatever it is, and the NBA you play 82, the other player on the Jazz said, hey, we're going to Sacramento. And Rudy said, no, we just played Sacramento. He's like, no, we're going there again. And Rudy was just dumbfounded at the idea that, like, we play the same team twice. Again? Again, which is a little bit ridiculous. 
and I was stupid and I tweeted it out. And Rudy DM'd me that night and said, will you please delete this? I don't want Tyrone Corbin to see it and think I wasn't paying attention to him in, uh, during the oh, game. Oh, interesting. Like, he is so focused and so, we've talked about this a lot, yeah. wants to be thought of as doing it the right way and works so hard to make sure people recognize it. Even at that point, when he was probably, he was in a new country, barely spoke English, clearly had no idea how the NBA worked. Wasn't really playing. Wasn't playing at all. And was still so hyper-focused on making sure that he was not being embarrassed by somebody. And that's what I did. And it was wrong of me. 100% wrong of me. Uh, and, and he reached out to me to fix it. And, and it's just, it's so Rudy Gobert. That's right. so who he is. And it's why he is now the highest paid player on the team. He's going to sign an awesome contract coming up. It's going to continue to win games. And is probably going to win his third straight Defensive Player of the Year award and might make his first All-Star game. He's just, he's awesome. He's so good. And he's so, he cares so much. And you don't get that from big guys. No, you don't. You know what? Um, and I'm, I've used this word a couple times today, but but Rudy's really savvy. He's, he's really savvy. He, that, that's a great story, by the way. And I've got no problem with Rudy doing something like that. We, you, uh, he was 100% right. And yeah. I was 100% wrong. You and I had a conversation off the air today we were talking about something completely different. Well, we were talking about PR. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with being being con- you know putting yourself in the best position or the best strategic position to get what you want. And yeah, Rudy's sensitive. He said, "I don't I don't need the coach thinking that I'm not paying attention." You know, I'd appreciate you if uh, you'd help me in my effort. You yeah. know, no problem. Like, I, I think that that there there's nothing wrong with having that attitude. And and by the way, whatever Rudy has to do to motivate himself. Knock yourself right out. I had, I had a conversation with a co-host. This was this was years ago, and I, I had to, he had a kind of a strange way of formulating his takes. And I, I told him I was like, "Hey, whatever you got to do, I don't care if you have to do a rain dance before the show starts, yeah. or or a prayer, or whatever. Yeah, you know, just as long as you're you're motivated and and at your best when the the light goes on. You know, Rudy Gobert, whatever you're doing to motivate yourself to get better, keep it up because it's obviously working and there's so many players in the NBA Ben and you you've seen them come and go from the Jazz and and from the league there's so many players that their motivation level is so incredibly low and they make it to this high level because they're frankly more athletic or bigger or stronger or faster than everybody or or can shoot better and then all of a sudden you get where the talent level is more equal and it's like oh man well what am i going to do yeah. i'm i'm going to wash out of the league because i don't I don't want to do what it takes, and and not to get too windy about this whole thing. But Rudy obviously knows exactly what it takes, and he's going to do whatever he can to get there. And I think what's amazing, Quinn Snyder talked about it after the game. Uh, they they just play hard every night. Why, why haven't they mailed it in for a game yet? You know, like wh- why did Donovan care about giving his team something tonight? He said that in the post game. Like I had to give the team something. Mm-hmm. Like the pride with these players right now is at an all time high, and that's that's what part of the reason they're winning these ten games. And you hope. They recognize it's not a sprint, and you hope that this catharsis they're feeling right now by breaking out of that that bad start to the season or slow start to the season it isn't burning up all their gasoline. So by the time they get to the playoffs, they're exhausted. I, I don't think it is. I, th- I mean, they're moving the ball so well. I don't get the impression that anyone's really exerting everything they have, but they are playing hard every single night, and, and that's why you don't lose games to teams you're better than. Catharsis, good word, Ben. That's why we've got you around, man. Look, look at that. You're a walking thesaurus. It's an English major. It's the one word I took I'm from it. Proud of you. Paid a lot for that one word. This is why we read your work at KSL Sports. I tell you. Uh, let's take a look at your three point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz were okay from three by the Jazz standards, by the way, because they sh- uh, still shot 36, percent which ain't bad. Uh, they were 13 of 36. Uh, they were led tonight by Joey. 
Ingles, who was so good from three. Uh, six of eight tonight. Career high tying, 27 points for Joe. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was three of seven. Uh, uh, Bogdanovich was two of seven. Moutier was one of three. And Clarkson was one of five. Royce O'Neal struggled a little bit from three, oh of three. And it, it just struck me, Ben, that, that it's funny talking about, like, they were okay from three at 36%. Do you know how many games last year that I was sitting here doing this post game where we were talking about how they couldn't get to 33% as a team? Because yeah. that's kind of that magic number threes better than two that whole thing yeah, and, right. and you, you pay attention to it and there were so many nights where they were so far below that and now look at this they shoot 36 percent, which is above average in the nba and we get so spoiled throughout this stretch we're going right. oh they were okay from okay three night. tonight they were actually good well what were three. they then it, it, it felt really good because i think the first you know 18 minutes of the game they were like two of 11 right i mean they, they'd been really bad and then they caught fire and joe was just ridiculous uh, for about a quarter and a half there, hitting everything he threw up. So uh, it's it's why the Jazz went out and got three-point shooting. I mean, Dennis Lindsay clearly said, I, I can't remember if it was media day or locker room clean-out. I think it was media day. He said, we want snipers. We want snipers at any position. Yeah. Maybe it was locker room clean-out. I think I mean, it was locker room clean-out. That's some foresight that we need shooters. We're getting open shots, and we need to reward Quinn Snyder's offense with guys who will make those shots. And now they just have them everywhere. Other than Rudy Gobert... Basically, and Tony Bradley right now in this rotation, whenever a guy's open from three, they have to shoot the ball because it's yeah. a great shot. Well, and and maybe this isn't the best night to bring up this point, considering Royce O'Neal went zero for three. But you know the the. The Nets have to hide Kyrie Irving, right? I mean, he's not going to play any defense, so you got to right. hide him. So they they hit him tonight on Royce, and Royce is a you know he's an above forty percent three point right. shooter. And most nights that if you want to hide your point guard who doesn't want to guard anybody on Royce O'Neal, he's probably going to make you pay for it. And when they bring back Mike Conley. And let's just you know say for a minute that Royce is the one who goes to play with the bench unit because I think that's probably the most likely outcome. You know where do you hide where do you hide Kyrie Irving against a Jazz right. starting unit with Mike Conley instead of Royce O'Neal? And you know it's really funny. Yeah, you talk about Royce O'Neal being 0 for five tonight. He had four assists tonight. That's a great number. That's yeah. really high from a guy who isn't a great dribbler. You know, like that means he's getting in the paint, and still making great, great reads. In fact, everyone except for. Boyan Bogdanovich, believe it or not, had an assist in the starting lineup. <laughs> and they all had four. Yeah. Rudy, Royce, Joe, and Donovan all had four assists in the starting lineup for the Jazz. That's, that's, I mean, that's, we talk about sharing the ball. We talk about the blender. We talk about passing the ball, knowing you're going to get it back. That's what that number screams to me. You know, Bogdanovich had that 35.00 game the other night. I, I get the feeling that his teammates have had more than a little fun with that. He only had thing. two rebounds tonight. That was his only, <laughs> and one steal. That was his only other stat. So, yeah, he, uh, it's the, man, he's an assassin. He scores, man. He, he's That's an, what he, he scores. Does. And you know what? I'm just, I'm totally okay with it. Right. I'm totally okay because he does it at such a good, a high level. That that is one of my concerns, though. If Royce O'Neal goes to the bench unit, is they might need a little more of that extra stuff out of a guy like Bogdanovich because yep. Royce does so much of that that yep. nobody else wants to do. For I mean, sure. he's second on the team in rebounding, you know. Right. Yeah. You're you're going to need a dirty work guy, and Royce O'Neal is the ultimate dirty work guy yeah. right now on this team. So Bogdanovich, we you, you may need to see those. Two rebounds and zero assists go to like five rebounds yeah. and two assists. Probably ask Mike Conley to do some of it too. He's yeah. going to have to be that guy, and that's that's going to take some uh, commitment to being unselfish. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Big thanks to you, Ben Anderson. A lot of fun as always. A pleasure, Jake. I'll uh, might be a little while before I talk to you. But I'll find you in the games. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. Uh, your final, the Jazz beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, 118-107. to And, of course, you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.